All right, if y'all will, I want y'all to, I want y'all to say this scripture with me. You're all going to know this scripture, and I'm taking it from Luke chapter 11, and it's the Lord's Prayer, and if we can, we're going to say it together. Now, in Luke chapter 11, uh, it does not finish the prayer like we finish it. I'm going to tack on to the end, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. So we all say this with me. We'll just, uh, hang on, let me get to it. Now, it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, and let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 13, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Did I miss something? Amen. Did I miss something? Yeah, well, that's what I said. I said it before I read it. Okay, it's all right. We all get confused. And you know, it's a translation that we're not used to either. So everybody continues in their translation. It's like, what, wait a minute, what did he say? <laughs> you try to put the words up there and we still can't stick to it because we're used to our way. Isn't that funny? That, that'll preach. And, I, and our, the, the way we're used to, it's not bad. It's okay. But that's so funny. Got it right there in front of you and we still can't get it. All right. Is that, is, is that not where, where our nation is? We got it right there in front of us, but we won't get it. Now, I'm not saying that about y'all. We're here to get it. Amen? I've got a quick announcement. I, I sit here, and I've got it in red. I've told Michelle. I've told my wife. I've told my staff. You could literally stick it to my forehead, and I'd forget it. And I've got it right here to do first, and I missed it. We are going to have, if, if you have a desire to, to be an usher, or if you are an usher, um, we, need, we need help. We need a good, um, pleasant I'm welcoming men, ready to shake hands and help and serve this body. And we're going we're gonna to kind of revamp our usher ministry starting um, um, Palm Sunday. But we're going to meet between services uh, this Sunday and, and next Sunday here in the sanctuary from 930 to 1015. And Brother Ken Walden and myself will be leading that meeting and very excited about um, engaging the men to, to serve in the church. And I want to encourage you, if you have a desire to do that and want to hear more about it, we're going we're gonna, to uh, really get it structured, and um, we're going to do good. We're going to have order. We're going we're gonna, to uh, be able to bless the people that come in here. Amen? Okay. Jesus' prayer. Now, I want you to catch this now. Jesus is teaching on prayer. Jesus. Okay, so let's not get hung up with Jesus' teaching. And although Jesus is saying that we should actually pray this prayer, he did not intend that this prayer be used as some mere rigid ritual, but that it be used as a guide to prayer as well. It's good to say it. It is a prayer that I say regularly, that I believe that we should say regularly, but today we're going to just kind of um, go a little bit deeper into it to see what Jesus was teaching us from this prayer. 
And there are seven major topics. There's an outline of seven major topics in this prayer that represents a basic human need that God meets. Number one is the paternal need. Did you catch the very beginning? Jesus didn't say pray to Jesus. Jesus didn't say pray to the Holy Spirit. He said pray to the Father. Our Father. And you know, that expression connects us to being the ch- a child of God. Our Father. Not my Father. Not Jesus' Father. Our Father. Our Father. When you pray, all needs are met by, by the benevolence of a loving Father. Immediately you see kingdom placement. Father and us. When Jesus died on the cross, he literally bridged the gap. Did you know there was a gap created by Adam and his sin between Father, between Father and man? And that gap was sin. When Jesus died on the cross, literally the veil in the tabernacle was torn from top to bottom. Granting access, giving access to the literal presence of God, the Shekinah glory. The place that only the priest could go into. And once a year at at, uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, would the priest go in beyond the veil for our sins, for the atonement of our sins. But when Jesus Christ The perfect lamb, spotless lamb, without sin, died on that cross for our sins. That veil was torn so that we would be given access back to Father God. Amen? And instead of the priests going into the presence of God to atone for our sins, we have been made kings and priests, given access to God the Father. It says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus has restored what sin in the Old Covenant had removed. And that was our... Did you know that God the Father's intention when he created man was to be with man? But sin separated it. And that bridge where no man could ever get... It was there, uh, Y'all sang it tonight. The chasm was far too wide. We could never make it. And Jesus bridged that gap. Number two, first one was the paternal need. Number two, from the Lord's Prayer, is God's presence. It says, hallowed be thy name. His presence through praise. Enter his presence through praise and call him Father Because of Christ's atoning blood. Now I want you to catch this. Hallowed be also establishes the principle in prayer on the precept of worship. 
when Jesus prays and when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray this, our Father who art in heaven. It's a position. Hallowed be your name. What again is happening? Position. Father God, you are lifted up. Um, there, uh, I, I, I can't help it. I, I, don't, I don't sit out and worship much. Tonight was a, was a first for me for a long time. And all of a sudden, God just starts speaking to me. I don't know if he speaks to you, but he speaks to me. And all I can hear now in my head is there is no one like our God. And you know, that's what they're saying here. Hallowed be your name. There's no way to compare. I, Father, you are in heaven. Hallowed, hallowed be your name. What is Jesus doing here? He is worshiping Father God. I would encourage you in your prayer, even if it's a prayer of need, make sure your prayer has worship. Make sure you acknowledge Father God for who he is. You acknowledging God for who he is is more important than him knowing what you need. The, 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 the thing is, he knows what you need. But he wants to hear what you think of him. Think of it, spouses, how much you'd like to hear from your spouse what they think of you. Or maybe you wouldn't like to hear what they think of you. But what, what you hope they think of you. God loves to hear what you think of him. God loves to hear his word repeated to him. God was ready to kill the children of Israel. And what did Moses do? He repeated his word to him. God, you said this. And what did God do? Okay. Why? Because he is looking over his word to perform it. Who is willing to remind God of his word for your life, for your marriage, for your kids, for your job? He is waiting for you to remind him because he's looking over his word to perform it. Hallowed be your name. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, what is that? Hallowed be your name. Can you see through worship as we begin to lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords? It is the way into his presence. There is so much more to worship than singing four songs. It is a journey into the presence of God. And Jesus' model prayer to the Father is a journey into the presence of God. It's also into the will of God. You're going to see this as we go. Number three, God's priorities. It says, your kingdom come. Again, I can't, I can't get beyond this. It is a positional thing. We are coming under the kingdom. Your kingdom come. We declare that his kingdom priorities shall be established in us, in our loved ones, in our church, and in our nation. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's also a surrendering of our will. As much as I say as a worship leader, don't just sing the songs, get the words that you're saying. Don't just say this prayer. Get what you're saying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is it good, is it good in heaven as far as we know? Yes, it's perfect. And I don't think perfect is a good enough term because all we know is our perfect. I, I can't imagine. 
what I'm going to experience in the presence of God. So God's priorities. What are the kingdom priorities? Here's one scripture, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, and this is not the only one. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. How do we meet God's kingdom priorities here on earth? Righteousness. How do we get righteousness? We get righteousness by following the word of God. And you know what? You can't attain. You know how you're righteous? You have been made righteous by Jesus Christ. You have been given the righteousness of Christ. You have, been, you have been bestowed upon you because of what Jesus has provided for you, his righteousness. What does that mean? He, Jesus Christ was the only one that could make you right with God. He's the only one. And how did he do it? He did it by his blood. He did it by what he did on the cross. You walk around here with your head down thinking you're not good enough. You know what? You're not, but you have been made good enough by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what kingdom priorities are. Righteousness and peace and joy. That's the kind of life we live, that we are to live as Christians. A life of righteousness, a life of peace, a life of joy. Number four, God's provision It says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is the need meter. He told us to pray daily, asking, asking him, asking the Father to supply all our needs. God loves to be asked for him to supply your need. Why? It's it's part of his job. The job of the Father is to provide for the needs. Uh, my wife and I were talking, or she was talking to her dad last night. I don't know if I should share this or not. I'm going to share it anyway. Lord, I pray for my marriage. I'm kidding. It's not going to be that, that bad. But talking about how much harder I am on Pete than I am on my girls. And Elizabeth said, you know what, there came a time with her and me that she just had to say, Dad's going to have to raise this son. And why does he have to be so hard on him? Because he's got to learn to provide for his family. He's got to learn that when, when, when things get tough, you don't lay down and cry. You get up, and you fight, and you dig, and you work. You know, that's Father God is a provider and he's a good provider. And you know, for me as a father, I'm to be a provider. And I'm to be a good provider. I'm to meet my children's need. I'm to meet my wife's need. Husbands, we are to meet their needs, not them meet ours. I have found that if I meet my family's needs, they meet mine. What am I doing closing my, almost like I'm done. I'm not done. <laughs> it's a sign. Pastor, you're supposed to get done early tonight. Jesus Christ is a need meter. And he showed us, ask God, give us this day our daily bread. You know, I think that's twofold. I think it literally means Bread. That you have something to eat, but I think it also means, Lord, I'm looking for your word. Give me your word for today. 
Because man cannot live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. And you know what? Sometimes you, not sometimes, you need a word from God to stand on. And you know, when you pray and ask, he'll give it. That's how good he is. He'll give it. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God desires to meet your need. Let's keep going. The Lord's Prayer leads us to ask that our needs be met. Jesus encourages prayer for physical need. And they are vitally linked with kingdom concerns. We need to ask He says, make your requests known. Ask for what you need. You know, the person knocking on the door at night, asking for bread, had to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. And it was because of their stubbornness or importunity. I don't think it was stubbornness. I think it was just stick to it. Stick to itiveness. That's a word. Importunity. It's more than that, it's almost annoying. Just to get it, it said that this evil ruler, this evil master went and gave them what they wanted just to get them to go away. Have you ever had your child do that? I know I've said it a bunch of times. Can I have ice cream? Can I have ice cream? Can I have ice cream? It just happened the other night. We're sitting at the table and one of my kids, can I have ice cream? No, you've, you already had an ice cream today. Can I have ice cream? No, you already had. Don't ask me more. Can I have ice cream? Go get the ice cream. It's biblical. It is too. You can wear them down. It's said right here, even, even a master, an evil master. It's how the kingdom works. We are to keep asking and asking according to God's word. He is going to do it. But God wants someone who will persevere, who will endure. Do you remember our trials produce patience? You remember what patience means? Perseverance. God needs Christians that don't give up when they fall down the first time. The world doesn't give up when they fall down the first time. They get up and stick with it. It's a good word for somebody. Next, God's forgiveness. It says, and forgive us. Of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You need God's forgiveness. And you need to forgive others. Daily set your will to walk in love and forgiveness. And you know, if you, if you will learn to pray this prayer, and I mean really pray it. I don't mean just go through the motions. As you pray this prayer, ask the Lord to identify who you need to forgive. Because you know what he'll do? He will. The funny thing is, you already know. You're just denying it. You're just covering it up. You just want to hang on to that. Elizabeth used this expression the other day with me called nursing a grudge. Nursing a grudge. You just keep sucking on it, hoping you can get the last, like a tick, like trying to get the last drop of blood out of you. You've gotten all big and fat, full of bitterness and unforgiveness. Trying to get a little bit more of it. You know what you need? You need that tick to be popped and get, get, get rid of all that stuff. Anybody ever truly forgiven somebody and felt the freedom that was in that forgiveness? 
That's real. That's real. This prayer, as you pray, and Lord, forgive me of my sins as, as I would forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, as you pray this, this prayer will help not only position yourself under God's authority, but it will soften your heart and forgiveness will become easier because God's presence will come and help you. So as we pray this, God, forgive us of our sin and help me to forgive those who have sinned against me. And Lord, also help identify those that I need to forgive. And church, when they give you the name, if it's, let's say it's, uh, i got to think of a name that's not in here. Um, Virgil. I'll say, I'll say Joe. I always like to t- pick on my sound guys. I was a sound guy. Joe. Everybody needs to forgive Joe anyway back there, I know. <laughs> Joe. But, but the Lord will drop a name in your, they'll drop a name. You'll know, you're praying, Lord, help me to forgive. And Lord, identify who I need to forgive. Joe, I forgive Joe. Don't even wait to think about it. Say it. You'll have plenty of time to think about it later. Say it. And tomorrow if you get up and you still haven't quite let go of Joe, say it again and again and again until it's gone. Your bitterness and unforgiveness is only hurting you. And I'll go a little bit further. It's not just hurting you. It's hurting your family. It's hurting your relationships. It's hurting you. God says, Jesus Christ says, God, forgive me. And lead us uh, uh, and forgive us of our sins. As, as, as we forgive those who sin against us. Can you feel the connection? As we forgive our brothers and sisters, God forgives us. And forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Is there a connection between our forgiveness of man and God's forgiveness to us? Yes, there is. God says if you don't forgive your brother and sister, he won't forgive us. Good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes the truth doesn't feel good, but the truth will always set you free. Always. Okay. Number six. Almost done. Power over Satan and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, have you ever heard pray a hedge of protection over you? Have you ever had somebody pray a hedge of protection over you? Let me give you the scripture. Job chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. It says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased the land. God makes for you a hedge of protection around you, around your household, and around all of your stuff on every side. That's a good father. You know, I was, who was I with? We were talking about fences, literal fences. But how, yes, it was Joe McGee and talking about setting boundaries for dating and for kids. And once boundaries are set, how much freedom there is with the, with the child to know this is where they're safe. 
They've done a study of children when they're playing out on a playground that if there are no fences, the kids all stay right in the middle. They won't, they won't wander out because they're afraid. They don't, they don't know what, what can happen. But once a fence goes around the edge, they'll go all the way to the fence. All of a sudden, they feel safe. They feel knowing that they can go. That, that's really liberating to know that God has placed these boundaries so that we can have fun, we can have freedom, we can absolutely have a big time as, as, as a follower of Christ. But that if we get outside of that, it's danger. There's danger. Number seven, finally, is the divine partnership. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. As we end our prayer, we praise God again for sharing his kingdom, his power, and his glory. He shares his kingdom, his power, and his glory with us. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Preserve me for his kingdom. This, in your kingdom come, this expression, your kingdom come, that Jesus said, is more than just a suggestion to pray for a distant millennial day. Every bit of this prayer from Luke 11 is current, is for now. This prayer is not a formula for repetition so much as it is an outline for expansion. Worship is to be longer than a sentence. Petitions are not confined to bread. Forgiveness is to be requested in specific, not generalities. And prayer for the entry of God's kingdom into the, presence, into the present earth is not accomplished in momentary utterances. All that means is we have to continue on and on and on and on. This verb mood tense of this year kingdom come essentially says, Father, let your kingdom come here and now. Let your kingdom come here and now. Just as they sang, uh, greater things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city. You know where to put that? Greater things are still to come and greater things are yet to be done in you. That the kingdom of heaven should pour forth out of you. Let your kingdom come and your will be done here, church on the hill, here in Paul Ramsey, here in you, just as it is in heaven. Let us do the work that Jesus Christ did. It says in his word, Jesus says that we will do the things that he did and more. We are called to do. We are called to do. Let's just pray it again. We can pray it how we know it. We can say trespasses. That's what good Baptists say, right? Let's just pray together as we close. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you.
you have a victorious week. We'll see you Sunday morning, 8.15. Don't forget, ushers, we will meet at 9.30 in the sanctuary in between services. God bless you.